When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Jenna Nation, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Welcome to another episode of Tobin Tonight. We're here joined by Jenna Nation. Jenna, my first question to you is, is actually Nation your last name? It can't be. It can't be. <laughs> well, now it is. <laughs> it is not. It's not my real last name. <laughs> Where did you come up with the idea then of like genination? Like it's it's interesting to me mm-hmm. because when we were doing research earlier, like, you know, when you go in and find acts that you kind of grew up on or enjoyed, like yeah. I grew up on, say, Rihanna, and it was only recently I realized that, hold on a second, that's actually not her name. So yeah. like, it, it sticks, which I get it. It's good marketing, but like, mm-hmm. why nation? Is it more like, cause I'm going to take over the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that idea. But, um, <laughs> actually, I was a jazz singer first for the longest time. I was under my real name for a while. And then I just went by Jenna and I started to focus on writing my own music and was doing more of like the R&B, R&B pop thing. And of course, there's like a million Jennas in the world. So (laughs) it was hard to, you know, kind of like distinguish myself from everybody else online and especially when you're up and coming and everything. So then I started a hashtag, which started out as Jenna fam, like hashtag Jenna fam, just to kind of bring all my fans together. But that family sort of grew. (laughs) And so it became the Jenna Nation. And so, you know, on everything that I was doing, I was putting hashtag Jenna Nation and all this and and people who didn't actually know me personally, I guess just assumed that that was my name. So when they sent me a message, they'd say, oh, Miss Nation or whatever. And I was like, ah, I kind of like that. So I was like, I needed something else with Jenna to go with it. I just adopted the name and I like I like that people actually addressing you by like yeah Miss, I like Miss, it. like Miss Nation like you know I get I get like Mr Tobin and I'm just like hey I'm 29 like I don't know how I feel about this yeah. um, like you said Jenna's out there to kind of get something yeah. to stick I I was thinking actually the first thing that you might have ran into is not so much that people in music but it's like Jenna Marbles comes to mind when I think Jenna yeah. right and I and I think if someone came across that and they're like hey that doesn't look like the Jenna that is on Jenna Marbles, but okay. It's like, right. hey, are you that Jenna? And you're like, oh my God, stop. stop it actually your- happened to me, especially before <laughs> I had the Jenna Nation attached to my name. Like, people be like, um, but you don't look like her. <laughs> yeah, so it happened for sure. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how you got into, I guess, the music scene, because, you know, I, sometimes it's due to location. Like I, I again, a full disclosure, like I went to Ottawa. I, I it's kind of like my, I'm from Newfoundland, but went to yeah. school at Carleton. So yeah. I know a few actually people that, you know, have mm-hmm. a mutual friend here, but to me, when I think Ottawa, it's like, I always think like blues fest, jazz, mm-hmm. I don't really see a lot of, and I could be wrong, could be I'm hanging out with the wrong people. I don't really, I don't really see a lot of like just say R&B, hip hop. And I just yeah. want to know like where the devil's influences come from. So yeah, I am from Ottawa originally. I do live in Toronto now. I guess I was lucky in the sense that my family just always loved music and listened to a lot of different kinds of music. So I was always exposed to 
you know, everything from like classical to Latin to rock to R&B, soul, whatever. And especially my parents, like they really loved a lot of like the old school, like soul and R&B, Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind and Fire, like, and funk and that kind of thing. So I grew up listening to that and jazz as well. And obviously jazz and R&B are very connected and kind of always was something that I listened to. Even in high school, a lot of my friends, you know, listened to a lot of R&B music, R&B pop music, really, and hip hop and everything. So I went to to Berkeley in, in Boston, Berkeley College of Music. And that just like even more opened my eyes up to, you know, R&B and soul music and everything like that. And I had the chance to really explore it and even start to write it. And just the people that I was hanging out with at school, like that was their thing. And so I really, you know, got to play with that more. And when I was there, I really realized like, this is what I truly love. So it was the kind of all those influences together. And then when I started to writing, that's just when I started to write, sorry, that's just what started to come out. There was at the beginning, there was still a lot of jazz influences in what I did. And then slowly it's kind of shifted from like jazz, R&B, pop to like more R&B pop and now more R&B. And then now like I still listen a lot to 90s R&B in particular, a lot of old school soul and R&B and, and some of the newer artists too. Tell me a little bit more because you went, you mentioned about going to like Berkeley College. Mm-hmm. Uh, like to me, anytime you get just say whether it be from Ontario, BC, wherever you're from, to go down to a place in the States to go to college. Like you see people that go on like say hockey scholarships, sports scholarships. Tell me a little bit about what brought you here to Berkeley. Cause in my mind, I'm from Newfoundland, but I knew that I was going to go either to like Munn Memorial University, Dale Housie or Carleton. It never arranged my mind that, Hey, Let's let's go to a university, not even in Canada or a college that's not even here. Well, I knew that music was what I wanted to continue to study. Like I just couldn't see myself doing anything else. So when I started to research different schools, I mean, Carlton obviously came up and Humber College of Music in the Toronto area and things like that. And those are really great schools. But when I heard about Berkeley College of Music, what I guess, attracted me to their program is that like, they're the best contemporary music school in the world. And some of the other programs like didn't have that, like there was a jazz focus or a classical focus. McGill too has a strong like jazz and classical focus and which is great, but I wanted like more than just like jazz and classical. So when I read about Berkeley where you could do like Latin ensembles and rock and whatever, like your heart desired, I was like, and even like specific artists too, you know, it just like, I was like, okay, this is like what I need and what I want. So then that just like instantly became my dream school. So yeah, I worked really hard to get in and it was a really great experience. What kind of qualifications do you need to kind of get into Berkeley? What kind of stuff did they look for at Berkeley? So, I mean, grades definitely like were a part of it, but it wasn't like everything, but it would definitely help. Like if you had yeah. really good grades and all of that. And I mean, like any other school, you have to do like your essay and all the other normal application things. But what was different about Berkeley is you actually, you had to do an audition either in person or online. I did mine in person. They basically just test kind of like your musical knowledge. I mean, they ask you to sing like a song or two or play if you're doing an instrument audition. And then, you know, they test like your ear training. So they'll ask you to sing like certain scales or they'll play something for you and you have to sing it or play it back or they'll play different chords. And without looking at the keyboard, you have to let them know like what chord they're playing. Um, Or they'll put a sheet of music in front of you and you have to sight read it. They're testing all of that. And obviously, if you can do, if you're like 
well balanced and all of that, then you know you're more likely to get in. Obviously, yeah. you don't have to like, have everything perfect because that's why you're going to learn too. Yeah, exactly. But it's like you already have some of that under your belt. So yeah, before Berkeley, I spent years preparing you know, with music theory and, and ear training and practicing all of that just to up my chances. That's interesting because I, I feel like now if I was going into Berkeley, they'd just be like, how did you even get here? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's definitely, that's, a, that's F sharp. They'd be like, we didn't even play any instrument yet. I'd be like, I'm under pressure. I feel so much pressure. <laughs> um, that's, no, that, 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 that's interesting. I, yeah. yeah, I'm always interested to see because when you, you go into different fields, like I know, when you grow up, you're supposed to like you open your mind to more things, but it's like you know, going at Carleton or anywhere you go, like you, you're kind of focused on your major, your minor. Yeah. And if someone says, Well, I'm an engineer, you're like, Great, good for you. It's like, Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you do, just leave me be, like you know, or you're at a party and someone's like, Well, I'm a drama major, it's like, You sure her, you don't have an appreciation for it until like maybe over time when maybe you either get an interest in it or yeah. you're kind of like, okay, well, we all started somewhere. Like Tom Hanks is not just Tom Hanks. He didn't just come mm -hmm. out of the womb, like put me in all the movies. Okay. <laughs> yeah. so, so it's just interesting to me to, to get that kind of dynamic and to see that yeah. process. I guess your classmates and the people you're surrounded by, like did it kind of push you or did you feel like, okay, this is my environment? Cause I know, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes when you're at a certain institution, school, whatever, it's like, sometimes you feel like, oh man, I'm not being pushed. Or there's other mm -hmm. times where you're like, whoa, all these people are like so much more talented. Where do I fit in? Have you yeah. ever had this kind of mindset? I mean, getting there, it was definitely overwhelming, but not in like a bad way. It just was yeah. like, I'd never experienced like anything like this to be surrounded by like so many musicians, so many, so much talent and like people who have the same passion as me. So it was like super, super exciting. To be honest, like my first year, probably like my grades weren't as great as they could be just because like I just wanted to jam all night with people and not focus on my homework I just I was so interested in just playing with people and creating and yeah. like I learned probably as much in the class like outside of the classroom sorry as I did maybe even yeah. more than in the classroom and you know what was cool too is like my my professors were all like other musicians or been in the music industry or whatever. So they understood, they genuinely wanted to help you and, and give you advice and push you to be even better. So that was really cool. Some people who were there were just like out of this world talented. Like it was insane. So it was really great to be surrounded by those people because they just like really helped me to yeah. get even better. And yeah, there were times where sometimes I felt like, oh my God, like these people are so good. Like what am I doing? <laughs> For the most part, it was it was a very very positive experience. I, I feel like in my mind, it's like when you're saying like learning more about like learning outside of class and just as much you did in mm -hmm. like your first year talk about all you wanted to do was jam. I just yeah. think of like the school of rock where it's like it's like yeah, it's like Jenna shows up and it's like it's people are like oh we're expected to study, we're expected to do well, and then like, you just see one guy like I'm starting a band, you want to be in? It's like yeah. Like, totally. No, really, that would happen. Like you hang out like in the school, like lobby, dorms, whatever. And like people are creating like bands in their dorm rooms or like people are in the lobby and they just start like jamming. They have their drumsticks and they're banging on like yeah. a <laughs> pole or like whatever. And no, and, no, and unlike, a, and unlike yeah. a, a, a conventional university where like you have all, like it's like a high school, like a big high school mm -hmm. where everyone has their thing. Someone mm -hmm. doesn't come over and like, push them down or be like can you no. stop I'm trying to study they're like all right 
choreography. Let's do this. Like yeah, let's all let's true. all get involved. I remember sometimes, like in the cafeteria, there'd be full on like jam sessions with the entire cafeteria. People will use like their cups, their cutlery, start singing. If someone had like their instrument with them, like it, it was crazy, and it'd be like you know 150 kids like jamming all together it was it was really really cool it feels it feels like in my mind like a high school musical breakout that's what it feels yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind um, of it, so who are some of the people that you looked up to like i know we kind of got into it with yeah. the influence but like name some artists that i guess kind of inspired you along the way like i'm assuming mm -hmm. so if i was to throw stuff at you you could yeah. tell me if you're right or wrong here but like i would think maybe like modern day say like the weekend for a canadian reference mm -hmm. maybe like destiny's child you know, maybe a little bit of Rihanna, but like, tell me who you would put in your kind of, this is what made me get into this. Yeah. Um. So, well, like Stevie Wonder is like a favorite of my parents and then now has become a favorite of mine. Definitely a huge influence to me, like Michael Jackson, a lot of, yeah, like 70s soul bands and artists as well. Uh, my grandparents really got me listening to jazz music. And so like people like Ella Fitzgerald and Sarah Vaughn and even some instrumentalists as well, you know, have been influenced to me, Charlie Parker and Miles Davis. And then, yeah, so like 90s R&B, maybe my biggest influence, yeah. Randy, Mariah Carey, uh, Whitney. The men. Yeah, <laughs> the men. Like, oh, I miss some of those groups, you know, like it just... So good. I wish I want to bring that back. I heard 90s, man. Just just find those stations. I will, yeah. I will. <laughs> yeah. After this interview is over, I'm just gonna get a text message or, or, or like like man, it's like I'm gone down this whole whirlwind now. It's like I, I think of actually when you were mentioning some of these names, like one that mm -hmm. kind of mind that it's funny because I'm sure if you brought up to some kid today, yeah. they would be like, Oh yeah, that's the guy who got Justin Bieber famous. It's like, no, it was Usher. <laughs> Usher was Usher. Yeah. Or even now, like a lot of songs, like uh, by current artists, have samples from '90s or '80s, and but like people don't know that, like current kids, I guess, who grew up like after. I, I, I will. I will tell you honestly. I fall into that category because when I was at a soccer game one time with yeah. my friend Colin, and if he yeah. listens to this, he'll he'll understand. Like mm. I grew up listening to Kanye, Jay Z, yeah, and there were times that there's samples. And uh -huh. I would just be like, this is killer. I can't believe he put in this beat. And they'd be like, you know where that came from, right? I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, totally. And then I'd go to Colin and be like, where did this come from? And he'd be like, he yeah. would then like bl blurt out, like, you don't know. I'm like, I came to you in confidence so that you wouldn't right. blurt this out. But yeah, when I go back and like, I'll listen to like, say, uh, I can't remember certain tracks now, but like certain ones mm -hmm. that Kanye used and it's samples yeah. from like MJ or... Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, wow, didn't even know it. And then I feel like yeah. I should be like put in like the stupid pile. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I just, I like, I personally, especially when that happens and it's around me, I like to like educate people a little bit about that. Be like, no, that came from, you know. <laughs> You've actually been on like Blues Fest. Mm. You've opened for acts like Lauv mm. and mm. Uh, like Shawn Mendes. Explain to me what that's like. Do you ever get to chat to them? Or are you just excited that you're kind of in this moment? Because now you're getting their fan base as well, right? That's <laughs> seeing you. Yeah, I, I actually didn't really get to like chat to them because there's just so much going on in oh, those yeah. days. And let's not like Shawn Mendes called me <laughs> up and was like, hey, can you open this? I thought that would have been nice. <laughs> So many in between people, right? To to do all that stuff. Yeah. So it was really just like a quick like, hi, how are you doing? Great job out there, you know. <laughs> like, 
So for me, like, so RBC Blues Fest is a big festival in Ottawa. Um, And I, you know, grew up like attending that festival pretty much every summer. That was kind of because to be honest, like not a lot of like big acts come through Ottawa. They come through Toronto and Montreal. You know how that feels in New Oh yeah, it's, it, I, I'm in the East Coast, man. Like when yeah. when Reba when Reba Tim McGraw and the Weekend come to us, it's like their final tour. They're going to tour Canada. I'm like, yeah, that's great, cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of one of the festivals, I guess, that you can actually really get to see some of like the bigger artists. And going to the festival as a as a kid and teenager and everything. You know, I was always said to myself, oh, my God, like one day I want to be up on that stage. Like I'm going to be up on that stage. And I kept saying it every year. And then I got a call like, hey, would you open for, you know, Shawn Mendes? And that was just a dream come true to like be on that stage. And and like you said, it was cool because like there was so many people in the audience who'd never heard of me before, but they were there for Shawn Mendes. And then like now they became my fans because like I was performing. And so that was it's just really, really cool. So it's like the circle of performing, like in my mind, and I'll use these examples, like, you know, a Halsey or a Kelsey ballerini, or even like a destiny's child or whatever, like they had to open for somebody or like at one point they were at like a, a small little festival and yeah. you're like, you're like, Oh yeah. It's like, I, I've seen them perform. And it's like, and you're like, who? And then it's like, you, you've right. never heard of them. And then like years later, it's like, well, I've actually seen them perform when they were nobody and they're just as good as they were back then. You're like, oh, tell me more. Like, that's yeah. crazy. That, so, that happened actually with The weekend. Like, I saw The yeah. weekend at the Blues oh, Fest. Wow. He wasn't even playing the main stage. Like, he was just, like, this up-and-coming, you know, like, R&B singer from Toronto who, like, was getting some traction. Like, he was doing well, I guess, in Toronto. People knew yeah. him, but he wasn't really all that well-known. And... So I was like, ah, let me go check him out. And I was like, whoa, he's cool. Like he sounds a lot like MJ and like, and then here he is like just exploding, you know? (laughs) So it's cool. Like when you kind of can actually be there for those moments when an artist is like just starting out and to kind of see that, that growth. Yeah, here, here he is now performing at Super Bowls and yeah. pretty much like you know putting put the gra- putting the Grammys in their place by saying, you know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing that." And you're like, "Hold on a second, you started here and now right. you're up here." Like in saying all that, like mm-hmm. you know, going as far as this, like going on your blues fest, doing mm-hmm. opening up for these acts, it's kind of interesting. I liked your Shawn Mendes story. It's like it's not like he's going to text me. I'm like that would be great. <laughs> if he did like, hey i heard your opening for me it's like it's so cool right. like, you're just like i'm not doing it anymore you just see like a faint in the background tell me a little bit about like when you hear your song like the first time you ever heard your song on a radio because yeah. i've heard by doing a little bit of research as well like uk mm-hmm. radios played it you have indie mm-hmm. radio like independent radios that played it all over canada but like mm-hmm. when you first hear like oh people are listening to my stuff in the uk like mm-hmm. does it go through your mind like oh i'm i'm getting big i'm getting pretty big <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I, I always see there's like still so far to go, but it definitely is a really good feeling when anybody just wants to to play my music. And obviously, like, it's a little more, I guess, it's like makes sense if it's like, you know, an Ottawa station or Toronto station picks it up, which is great. But yeah, it's kind of cool when like somebody in Germany or the UK is like, well, how the heck did you hear about me (laughs) playing my song on your radio? Like, station like that that is a really cool feeling because i'm like i'm international now <laughs> yeah, yeah. but like you're, it's, you're, you're mrs international <laughs> yes 
I just I just brought it up because like I did find it funny because like sometimes of course when you're signed with like just say a label or like you mm-hmm. you get famous in your own like for I'll use the Shawn Mendes example like for me yeah. I think Shawn Mendes and his buddies which is so funny and so kind of karma in a way it's like mm-hmm. Vine like Vine to me like is now like what TikTok is but yeah I think I've seen Shawn Mendes perform like just covers on Vine and I was like mm-hmm. oh this kid has talent. I don't yeah. like his three other friends. They're just goofing off, like Cameron, mm-hmm. Cameron Nash, whatever, like whatever. I was like, this guy's going places. Yeah. Didn't even know he was Canadian. Uh-huh. See, like seeing his first kind of album come out and he's like, oh, okay, he's he's getting there. Now look at him. But mm-hmm. I, I look at that and I'm like, yeah, of course he's going to be played in Canada. Oh, now he's getting expanded in the US. Now he's doing mm-hmm. tours. Yeah. It's interesting to me when you get like, just say someone send you a message like, I heard your song in the UK. And you're like, how the f- did you hear my song yeah. in the UK? Yeah. Or like, <laughs> When I'm doing podcasts and I'll look at like the ratings and it's like yeah. number one in India or like, you know, a lot of more people. And I'm like, how are you listening to me in India yeah. from Newfoundland? Like, is it the accent that you like? Is yeah. it like the guest? What's <laughs> going on? No, it's really cool. And it's funny you say that because like with things like Spotify and some other platforms and whatnot, like they actually have that for artists where you can see your analytics. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool when you can actually go in and see that. And then, you know, like, yeah, you have like, you know, Canada and US are like at the top and then randomly it's like Indonesia, number three, or like Brazil. And you're like, but how? <laughs> it's cool though. <laughs> like growing up on say like MSN or like ICQ or any of these, like you would never imagine your life. Like mm-hmm. someone, contacting you from the u.s because they need your email they need something but now today with facebook it's like just typing away and be like oh that person looks familiar i guess i'll send them a message yeah no it is really cool and kind of like you were saying with you know i don't know if it's like they like my accent or whatever it is but (laughs) like i do find though um when i go even to the u.s and perform or when I've gone to Europe and whatnot, I think like part of it is just the fact that you are a Canadian. I don't know. I get that anyway, just because like you're all of a sudden from a different country. So that's cool. Canada has a really good rep with (laughs) with most countries, I would say too. So automatically they're like, oh, you're friendly. And you know, like, so I just, that's helpful. I'm always surprised at just like how much love I get in these cities um, because I'm not expecting it, but then it's just like they think I'm like so cool because I'm like coming from Canada, so it's different. That that's kind of a neat thing too. <laughs> to me, it's always interesting when you go other places and you like. Yeah. Of course, if you're in Canada or like your hometown, of course you get mm-hmm. the fan base. But I just thought it was interesting, like you know, going to the states, like you mentioned, and people like mm-hmm. kind of not number one liking the music or engaging yeah. with you. But like, how have you found that in the states? Like, I guess it's mostly like you said, positive. But like, mm-hmm. have you gone to like, say other countries to perform outside of say the States and like, how did, how have yeah. they perceived it? If so? Yeah. So I've, I've performed like in, in Europe as well, um, in Holland, in France, and there's a couple other countries there too. But yeah, so usually, I mean, it was kind of set up where it was like a mini tour in a sense where I was, I would kind of go to a festival and then I'd be performing as part of a festival and that's usually where I start just so there's other people there that like are musicians and then there's like a reason 
for people to like come and see me because it's a showcase and that type of thing. But then like it kind of opens up the doors for when I go back on my own because then there's people there that I know or I've developed a little bit more of a fan base and that happens to me too where it's like someone saw me two years prior and then they bring like 10 friends to the show and then they, they bring 10 more friends and they bring 10 more friends and it just kind of like builds from there. So that's been really cool too is that when I've performed in these like different cities and countries like the fans really stay loyal and they really are excited for me to come back and then they bring their friends and so it just kind of like builds from there california is definitely especially when i go to los angeles and that's been one of those places for me that like people just keep coming back and it's like feels really good <laughs> but tell me a little bit about now of course because you you have a song out now like roses premiered around i think it was like valentine's day if not that day good <laughs> marketing um but uh <laughs> Tell, tell me a little bit about that song. Uh, tell me like a little bit of the history of it and what, really where you want to see this go. Because I know, of course, mm -hmm. other songs have been played, say on radio, yeah. again, uh, on the internet radio as well. But like, where do you want Roses to go? And a little bit of the background behind that. So Roses, I'm really, really excited about. I would probably say this is my favorite song to date that I've released. And maybe that, that might also be just because like my latest song. As yeah, you know, I was just, just going to be like, no, it's like, no, it's like my, my third, my third favorite <laughs> song. My you know, I guess sometimes as artists, right? We're like, oh, well, this next one is my best. This next one is yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get better and better. So yeah, it yeah. makes it just be like might be an artist syndrome but i honestly feel that this is like my best song i'm really proud of this song and um <laughs> part of the reason why i love this song so much is like i feel like it really puts all the things together that i want to give to my audience and and that's like with the music there's a lot of like 90s r&b influence in it and it's like it's very r&b compared to a lot of stuff that i was doing before that was a little more on like the pop side versus r&b and so it's kind of helping me to move into that direction now so a producer based in london his name is chet williams um he sent me the beat probably a year ago now i'd never worked with him before anything but like online you just kind of like meet people and everything and um so he was you know reached out to me and then i heard some of his stuff and i really really liked it so he sent me this this beat and you know i loved it as soon as i heard it, i was like oh my god this is like a jam for sure. <laughs> I was really, I knew that I wanted to make it like perfect. I knew that it was going to be like a love song and all this. And I started coming up with melodies pretty much right away when I got the, the track. And, but for some reason, just like I w was really stuck on the lyrics. I just wasn't satisfied with whatever I was writing at the time. And so sometimes, you know, it happens where I can write a song like in an hour or sometimes I just like need to take a break from it. And like sit on it or just like not even listen to it and then come back to it, whatever, a week, month, so forth later. So that's what happened is I would leave it alone for like a couple of weeks and I come back to it, try, still nothing, leave it alone, come back to it. Anyway, so finally in the fall, I was like, okay, it's been a little while since I've like sat down, tried this song. So I did. And then it just like started to flow. It was like super late at night. And I just was like, it was kind of funny. I was like in my room, like it was all dark. Like I don't even think I had any lights on. I'm just like writing this song. And yeah, it just started to kind of flow. And it also it was influenced a lot by some of the stuff that I was listening to to as well. Like artists like her and LMA and that type of thing. And I know their lyrics, like they're just kind of like super honest about yeah. 
it feels like they're talking directly to you or like you're you you know exactly what they're talking about when they're singing so that's kind of what I was going for I was like let me just stop like thinking so much about like making it perfect and let me just like write and that's kind of what happened and then the song was born and um it kind of worked out where it was like done in time for Valentine's Day, I was like, well, this would be perfect, roses and all that. I did a lyric video, but I do really want to do like a music video for it. It's just been difficult with COVID right now, yeah. but I do, I do want to do a music video. And the song has been really uh, helping to get a lot more attention, not only from fans, but just from music industry people. And uh, so I'm really excited about that because now I have like an EP coming up. So this is kind of like the start of that. Which I'm excited about. So congratulations on that. Um, mm-hmm. and especially if like more people are gonna expand, yeah. give you give you more attention there. Yeah. <laughs> Explain to me a little bit, I guess, on the the sports background. Like yeah. some of the sports that you you grew up playing, like so I, I'm assuming from Canadian standpoint, you had to pick mm-hmm. up a hockey stick or a puck <laughs> at some point. Or was it just more or less like basketball? <laughs> Actually, well, I, I can say I picked up a stick. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I picked up a stick. <laughs> and and then I dropped it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, actually, I was more um, like I danced all my life, um, but I I played soccer actually from okay. like when I was super little all the way until I went to college. Volleyball was another sport that I really loved, especially on the beach. I never got like too serious about it, but it's still something that I just I always love to do never got into like the real Canadian sports like lacrosse and hockey and stuff um I don't like the cold I know I live here in Canada but (laughs) but I do watch like I grew up watching hockey so there's my Canadian (laughs) I grew up watching hockey I also am a Raptors fan I I like that though like because I I come from the background of you know I Mm -hmm. mentioned hockey but so I don't think I've ever played hockey till I was like maybe 13 or 14 Mm -hmm. and it's like you know it's just I laugh at it because from the Canadian standpoint, it's almost like you either grew up with a stick in your hand or you were forced to put a stick yeah. in your hand. Yeah. And it's like, that's your like, that's like the moment where it's like, all right, you're either going to play this or you're going to watch it. You pick and yeah. choose what you're going to do. I'm like, I think I'll watch it. Like I'll watch it. <laughs> I <agree. laughs> I'll watch yeah. it. I won't, I won't play it. I'll root yeah. for you, but it's not for me. I can skate, but not like super well. Like if there's a bump on yeah. the ice or like someone gives me a little shove, like I'm going down, but <laughs> That, that's, that's fair i mean like listen that's one of the reasons that i i i like hockey just because it's like you can stick handle it's like i'll, yeah. I'll play ball hockey because mm-hmm. i've got it's no disadvantage we're all on our feet but then yeah. when you go to put on skates i'm like can you skate they're like absolutely i'd be like okay now it went from 10 10 even to you've now are 20 and i'm yeah. a two that's not fair it's like but i i feel like you can say that mostly with any sport it's like if you go out and play volleyball yeah. And it's yeah. like, can you, can you volley? Absolutely. It's like, can you? Um, no, <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Yeah. It always discourages me when I like tr- go, you know, skating, whatever, to a rink, like maybe twice a year, once a year. And then like, you know, getting my feet back on the ice. And then there's this like three-year-old child, like doing loops. Oh, <laughs> <It's> like, oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to to kind of close it out, Jenna, uh, let's play a little bit of a game, I guess, called How Canadian. Or if it's trendy on TikTok, because uh, I hate these trends, but it's to me, uh, let's do it this way. I hate the, the name trend where it's like, tell me your boyfriend wouldn't cheat on you without telling me he's not going to cheat on you. Easy. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to cheat. Stop <laughs> making it harder than it is. But yeah. I I guess it's in a way, if, if we were going to do it that way, is yeah. tell me you're Canadian without actually telling me you're Canadian. 
I prefer real maple syrup over table syrup. That's that's a good one. I like yeah. that. I, I was just gonna I was just gonna yeah. say my neighbor backed into my car and I offered him a Tim Hortons. <laughs> like, that's good. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. It's like sorry, I bumped into your car. No problem, eh? <laughs> here, here's a teeny. Can you explain to me, I guess, like something that's very Canadian that you think only happens to say in, in Canada that like when you, cause if you've traveled, like you've traveled. So of course, like you go to their places and you're like, geez, I didn't know that was Canadian until you've traveled elsewhere. Like I call it the, like the door theory where it's like you open a door for someone and then they start running and you apologize. You're like, I'm like, I'm sorry. I thought I was doing something nice for you. Yeah. Like, it's okay. You didn't have to apologize because just because they ran. But like, I feel yeah. like in the States, it's like, if you're not right behind them, it's like that door's yeah. closing. That yeah. it don't matter if they're like a good distance away. But what's an example to you, I guess, that would be like a kind of a how Canadian? Well, I, I have a few, like, because definitely when I, cause I lived in Boston for four years yeah. when I was in school. So I, that was pointed out to me a lot that I say sorry way too much. And it was, I say sorry, not sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was yeah. um, there's certain ways, certain things, uh, like words that we say, um, sorry, sorry, tomorrow, tomorrow, you know, things like that, that are a little bit different. Because sometimes I guess maybe you talk about like shows that you watch growing up as a kid. Yeah. And like, I don't know, do you have like TVO kids? What, uh, no, what was, t- what, no, so what, maybe what, it was in like Ontario then. But like, did you have like the show Pengu or like... Yeah, so we, we would we would probably see it on like CBC Kids down here. Yeah, or or like um, um, Art Attack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so those are very Canadian. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Jenna Nation for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening and good night. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.